back to Ars Arcanum, a podcast about Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere? Supposedly. What is this? What is this Cosmere? <laughs> the Cosmere is a, is a series of connected novels, uh-huh. uh, all set in the same universe. Uh, you know, I'm as... Nora. I'm joined by Autumn. Hi. I'm getting my compression gloves on, because my wrists hurt. And for podcast, the compressor. <laughs> and we're joined once more by Mark. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I I read a book that I enjoyed, so that's always nice. I hope it was Mistborn. The final impulse. It was. There were other <laughs> books too, but that was the one that I meant. <laughs> I read a book I enjoyed, not one for this podcast. <laughs> Um, this was terrible, but I read the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> Long-time listeners may recall that at one point we were ch- podcasting about Mistborn a couple chapters at a time. We just went ahead and finished this bad boy. Since, you know, because of the long hiatus, we figured, let's just finish the book and talk about it as a whole. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. And <clears throat> uh, this book's good. This book's really fucking good. I kind of... My takeaway from it on this reread for me was that um, I always, when I think about this book, think about like, oh, this book is like setting up this thing that's going to happen in like book three and blah, blah, blah. It was really nice to reread this and just remember this book in and of itself is very good. It is not just the things that it sets up later. It is not just all that stuff. The stuff that is in this book, I think, is really fucking good. And I think you can build off of all of this stuff because it is really good. Um, how did you, how did you take it? This was your first read, first finishing it anyway, Mark. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I've read this book all the way through. And I mean, so I think, uh, people who are listening to the original Mark R's Arcanum run, um, will probably remember that I I was getting pretty down on Mistborn. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just so much better to read it in, like, the breezy way it was intended to be read. Yeah. Like, it works that way. It, like, falls into place, and you're like, ah, yes. Like, this is, um, (laughs) you know, uh, this is the Sanderson machine working as it's intended. (laughs) Um, (laughs) this is him firing on all cylinders. There's always another secret. Now, to raise the obvious question. Uh Uh-huh. Have we given Elantris a bad rap by reading it differently like this? No. I don't... Uh, no. I think, <laughs> I think Elantris would go from a one-star book to, like, a two-star book if I read it the right way. Yeah, <laughs> I luxuriating... I still don't think it would be good. <laughs> luxuriating in Elantris was not a good choice, but I think that, like, for example, the way that the sort of big re- resolution twist... Like, it's such a stupid twist. It it doesn't yeah. it doesn't like build on anything that you already know. It just comes out of nowhere. Um also the degree of like worship of a good prince is like th- <laughs> this this book worships Kelsier, and it's uh-huh. nowhere near as obsessed with how cool Kelsier is as Elantris was with um Raiden. I was I, I so I finished I finished my reread about an hour before the podcast, and I did cackle at, um, there's a line near the end where Vin says, um, 
Kelsier's just a man. He's not a prophet of God. We knew him. And I was like, Brandon? <laughs> Brandon? <laughs> God, last time we checked in with this book, there was no mention of God in that way. What, uh, what's been going on? Um, I don't remember where we last... I vaguely remember. It was the end of Act 1, right? Um, no, it was it was later than that. Um, let me look at the table yeah. of contents. I think we left off at, like, maybe the end of Part 3? Hmm. Um. Hmm. That makes sense. There was, there was yeah. stuff that I remembered a little more clearly than other parts, so I, I had a vague sense of, like, where we, uh, <clears throat> had gotten to... Um, but yeah, I'll give, I'll give like a quick recap of the whole book and people pause me if there's something that's like, you know, you need to urgently interrupt me for, but we can kind of go in depth on other stuff, uh, later down the line. Um, so Vin is an orphan. She's part of the thief crew of Ska. Um, Kelsier is, or she's part of a thieving crew of Ska who are like the lower class in the society, the final empire. Kelsier is a cool guy who um that, yeah, that's it kelsier is a cool guy kelsier is a dramatic <laughs> slut <laughs> um, he's the survivor of hath sin he's the survivor um he was the he was the leader of this band of thieves the most notorious band of thieves and the lord ruler the like evil emperor of the final empire um caught him and sent him to the pits of hath sin where uh, they mine the ATM that is, like, the basis of the economy. We don't need to get into that too much right this minute. Um, <clears throat> Kelsier is the only person who's ever escaped the pits of Hathsin, and in escaping, he comes into his power as a Mistborn, which means that he can use a bunch of cool magic powers that we can get in depth after the plot summary, if we need to. Um, so he's coming back, and he's starting a plan to overthrow the final empire, and he brings in... Vin, um, who is also a Mistborn, it turns out, and he's, like, going to teach her the ways of being a Mistborn. Um, there's Breeze, who is their, like, smooth-talking guy. Um, there's Ham, who is going to be the leader of the army, because he's a big, tough guy. Clubs, who, um, <clears throat> like, is, like, a craftsman and, like, runs this shop where, like, they hide, uh, where they all hide. Uh, Docs, who's sort of the uh, uh, fucking nerd of the group, and then Sazed, who is a terrorist steward. He is like this servant guy, but he's also like most terrorist people are very subservient, and Sazed is like kind of quippy and like sarcastic. And we all stand Sazed on this podcast, I assume. Docs yeah. is Kelsier's boyfriend. Docs is Kelsier. secretary. Yes. <laughs> He's the one who's doing the paperwork after Kelsier does something stupid. Mm-hmm. That is um, true, yes. And so, yeah, they, they get this plan. They're going to raise an army. They're going to get the um, garrison out of the city, the, the capital city of the Empire, Luthadel. They're going to steal the Lord Ruler's ATM. And they're going to... Kelsier wants to kill the Lord Ruler. Um, no one really believes that he can do this because they all think that the Lord Ruler is God. Anyway. <clears throat> um, Vin's part in this plan, which is going to be like the main plot of this book because Vin is the main character, is that she is going to be posing as this noble lady who is infiltrating the aristocracy and gathering information. Um, and so we see her sort of develop over... 
in the course of the book as like, who am I really? Am I Vin the street urchin? Am I Villette the noble lady? Am I, you know... A secret third thing? A secret third thing. <laughs> Spoiler alert, she's a secret third thing. Yeah, she's kind of all of them. Anyway. <clears throat> That's what the secret third thing is. <laughs> Please look forward to... Uh, Words of radiance, or whatever. It's um, it's That's dialectics. A book. She's uh, it's dialectics. <laughs> dialectics shows up again later. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> anyway, um, Vin, she's going to these balls. She's gathering information. She's being a spy, and she falls for Ellen, who is so dreamy, and he loves books, and he's not like other boys. <laughs> She's um, not like head over heels for him though. That's the charm point. Yeah, she does think that he's kind of a fucking dweeb. He's into her, obviously. Yes. But um <laughs> My man's thirsty. <laughs> they their relationship in the beginning is primarily based on sniping. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Um Yes, it's great. So things kind of go along. The plan suffers major setbacks when um, the army is defeated. Um, and But Kelsier sort of like rallies the troops and is like, no, we're going to do this anyway. Look, b- because the army was defeated, now we got the garrison out of the city. We're like halfway done with our plan. Um, it sucks to be those guys, I guess, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> they sort of escalate things uh, <clears throat> by creating a war between the aristocratic great houses and um like uh things get really dangerous in the city and um plot summary where am i going ellen's fiance yeah ellen's okay so basically there's a war that breaks out between the great houses and um like all of a sudden like vin has to fight like her romantic rival person who also turned out to be a mistborn um that's a cool scene um and ellen is like i gotta get i gotta get valette out of the city she can't defend herself and this she'll get killed in the war uh not knowing that she's a mistborn obviously um kelsier um kelsier decides to um go kill the lord ruler in front of everybody he doesn't the shop gets raided. Yes, they the have shop. everybody in cages. Yeah, the shop gets raided. They're they're taking everybody away, um, and Kelsier goes and fights the Lord Ruler. Kelsier fucking beefs it. He gets bitch slapped into death. Yes. Well, he gets speared. Well, right. He gets backhanded. Oh right. He, he gets stabbed yeah, and then it, backhanded. Yes, that's it. Yeah, his whole face gets smacked off. It's it's pretty gory. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw a bear do that to someone in Golden Kamui. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Lord Ruler punched the highlights out of Kelsier's hair, basically. <laughs> um, but it is in death that Kelsier's final plan is revealed. Um, because. So it turns out that this one guy who they had in their crew is a magical being called a Chondra who can eat somebody's bones and imitate that person eat everything but the bones eat everything but the bones yeah because they use the bones as the skeleton right well Um, like eat the flesh and like absorb the bones yeah right they're like jelly guys yeah it's like a thing that's like 
a little bit in this book is more in other books, and I don't care about spoiling it. The Conjurer are like jelly guys, and that's always my, been my favorite part of them. <laughs> They're neat. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the, this Conjurer stuff was definitely one of the things that made me be like, ooh, I want to read some of the more books. Like, some of the more books. <laughs> Whatever. Um. <laughs> um. <clears throat> but so. So Kelsier's dead. The, the 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 movement is broken. Kelsier but... is risen. Oh, <gasps> because the conjurer goes out, uh, in like in the guise of Kelsier and tells the people of the city to rise up. You know, the survivor isn't dead. Why are there all these storerooms full of weapons all around, across the city? Yes, and and like they, the conjurer also gets. Um, this is Orsur. Um, uh, Orsur gives them like a f- one final like note from Kelsier that's like, all right, Docs, I need you to do this. Like, Ham, I need you to distribute this, like, weapons houses. Um, you know, Vin, you need to go do blah, blah, blah. Sazed, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he he had master planned this whole thing where he he always knew he was going to die um, to give the people something to believe in. <laughs> Kelsier is cringe like this. Um, Kelsier is the embodiment of hope punk. Yes. Did we say that already? <laughs> He's oh, man. Batman. <laughs> he is Hope Punk Batman. Yeah, I know he uh, is Hope Punk Batman. Uh, and so we come into like this final moment of Vin goes to fight the Lord Ruler. Um, she's going to use like this 11th metal thing, which is supposed to be the secret weapon that's going to kill the Lord Ruler. She uses it. All she sees is like a, a shadow of like a different version of him, and she doesn't understand. She gets captured. Um, Sazed comes and breaks her out with his magic powers that are different from her magic powers. Um, we didn't explain or get explained to us earlier in the podcast. This is sort of the introduction, right? Uh, she, it came she up. hears a little bit about Farrakimi before this. Okay. Yeah, there was like a, a conversation where basically Sazed lay, laid out like, I have these metal bracelets that I can use to, like, store up my own natural abilities, so Mm -hmm. I can spend time being extra weak, and that will store up the ability to become strong later. So I I knew all that before this uh, return. Yeah, and so he's going to, like, he eats a little bit of metal, so he stores up a little bit of strength, and he uses it, and he gets them out. Um, Ellen comes and tries to help, but he's mostly useless. Um, but also, the in- uh, Inquisitors force her to eat a new metal. Oh, yeah. they A metal we haven't seen before. Um, <clears throat> they force her to eat a new metal that she burns, and it gets rid of all her metals in her system. Um, Spooky. You, you <laughs> you're winking in Cosmere knowledge at the camera no, right now. No, I'm winking in the plot of this book is that, wait, there's more medals than the ten we know. Ooh, there's always another secret. <clears throat> there is always another secret, is the thing. Um, anyway. She fights the... She fights the Lord Ruler again, and she realizes... She uses the power, and she realizes what she's seeing is a different version of him that he could have been. We're back after a little internet hiccup. We were so close to the end of our plot summary, so. <laughs> um, you had been, we had just gotten to the part with aluminum. Oh, so, so. Oh, it's aluminum, huh? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. No, it's fine. I don't, I don't think that matters, but it's good to now know. Now you know. <laughs> it's a real metal. <laughs> um, right, so Vin loses her st- stores of power but says it comes and saves her 
Um, Ellen is also there, being doing nothing. <laughs> um, right, and then Ben goes to fight the Lord Ruler. She sees the like shadow of this person he could have been, and realizes that he um, <clears throat> from this like logbook they've been reading that they found of like that they thought was the Lord Ruler's personal diary. They realize that was not the Lord Ruler's personal diary. That was, like, this other guy's diary. And that the Lord Ruler was a ferrochemist who the the Lord Ruler, or whatever. She realizes that the Lord Ruler is a ferrochemist, that he gets his power from all these, like, rings and armbands that he's wearing. And so she uses her allomancy to rip him the fuck out. Um... And he, like, ages a thousand years in a few minutes, uh, and it, he has a real bad time. And he says, you fools! You fools! I was gonna save the world again! Don't ask me what that his, means! His bracelets are embedded in his skin, because if it's if metal is inside your body, you can't affect it with allomancy. But she does it anyway. She does it real good, and the, the mist is there. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a whole scene. She stabs him. Yeah. She fucking stabs him straight through the heart. Vin is a stone cold killer. I love her. Um, and then we get a little epilogue where Sazed uh, delivers a bunch of exposition about the things that we just read. Um, and uh, Ellen is now like ascending to the throne of the final empire because their sort of thought was, well, if we have put a nobleman, that gives our government like a little more legitimacy. But also, he's um, he's writing down how to. Mm-hmm. Like, reorganize it. Yeah. A little bit. Um, that was a very quick plot summary. We missed a bunch of things, but, you know, that was the... We didn't most... miss much. We didn't miss much. We missed <clears throat> explaining, like, I what think... Allomancy is, but I don't... I don't think you're listening yeah, to this Yeah, we also didn't mention the, the Big Marsh... Oh, we didn't mention... Right. Oh, yeah. The Big Marsh reveal. Yeah, Marsh so... is, like, Kelsier's brother. Uh-huh. You want to explain this? <clears throat> I can't. Um, yeah, sure. It, it's it's just that, like, yeah, he was a member of the crew. Uh, he infiltrated um, the the obligators, who are, like, uh, the um, bureaucratic class of the final empire, mm-hmm. uh, which required him getting these eye tattoos. And we thought he had been discovered and killed, but it turns out he actually became an inquisitor, which is, like, this, like, weird, inhuman uh, servant of... Uh, the Lord Ruler, they have these, like, spikes through their eyes and stuff. And uh, it's in the form of an Inquisitor that Marsh shows up right at the end and uh, helps Vin while she's uh, in the middle of this final confrontation where she uh, kills the Lord Ruler. I love Marsh so much. Also, I believe they kill her dad at the end there. Oh, there's like yeah. A, there's, like, silently outside of the plot of the book, there's like a coup happening inside the steel ministry so that the inquisitors can take over from the obligators. Well, so that is, that happens on screen and on screen we get like Vin identifies her dad as like this the lead prelin, like the yeah. highest uh of the obligators. Uh and then I think the like I think the steel inquisitors like drag him off screen and fucking kill him. <laughs> Uh, but that is part yeah. of a, a greater thing we didn't really see, which is that the Inquisitors are trying to take over the Steel Ministry. Yeah. Which... Can well, I say yeah. something about Vin's father? Yes. Um, 
I don't believe for a second that that guy is Vin's father. Her <laughs> real father is someone else more important. Um, um, because because she has this like weird like she's a really powerful Mistborn, and then she also has some sort of extra power that is connected to the mists. Mm-hmm. So I am I am convinced that Vin's parentage is even more special than we've been led to believe. Interesting it is- idea. It is really funny how much of this book is spent on, um, well, villain, no, villain, (laughs) Vin is the extra special cool Mistborn, and she can do all this stuff that no one else can, or she's, like, more of a natural at everything, um, like, Marsh is, like, kind of upset at her because, like, she does something, and he's like, I had to practice for six months to be able to do that, but okay, kid, whatever. (laughs) Because it's his metal. Yeah. He's Iron Eyes. Uh Uh-huh. Which, haha. Yeah, it's okay. Tiny, tiny thing is that so Marsh becomes an inquisitor in this book, and over you know his next few appearances in these books, he's gonna get the nickname Iron Eyes. I forgot that in this book, people had already given him the nickname Iron Eyes, but decided it was weird because it sounded like he was an inquisitor. That's a really stupid thing to put in the book, Brandon. <laughs> Yeah, that was silly. That was fucking silly. <laughs> and I know that Brandon was, like, smirking to himself as he wrote that. It's fucking silly. <laughs> it, it it would have been a more charming nickname if they gave it to him after he became an Inquisitor. <laughs> because it would be them, like... They would be them, like, joking and being cute about this, like, horrifying thing that has yeah. been done to him. Like, right? We're, we're like, all laughing and, like, nudging him because he has spikes driven through his fucking face. It's like when, <laughs> at the, if Jonathan Harker shows up at Dracula's castle and he's like, I hear you're quite the stakeholder. <laughs> God. I hate you. I hate you so much. Do you? The ring on your hand says otherwise. <laughs> Um, um. <laughs> but yeah, I just really like this book. I really like, um, I really like a lot of the stuff I skipped past in the summary of just like things escalate. Lots of fun things happen as it's escalating. I love all the little balls that Bell, that Vin and Ellen go to. I love um, the scene <clears throat> where Shan Elarial attacks, mm-hmm. which is um, Ellen's fiance, was the part where. I clocked out of work and then sat in the parking lot for t- 30 minutes reading because I didn't want to stop the scene because it should have just popped off. Yeah. <clears throat> That's how you yeah. know you're in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm also, uh, I'm trying to find right now the scene where basically like Vin and Eland have their last ball together and she runs off and is basically like, hey, uh, I've got a ton of secrets and like, I gotta go. God, yeah. Um, um, and and he's, it's so fun because he's trying to protect her because he sees her as like, you know, he doesn't know that she's a mistborn. He doesn't know so much about her. And so he's trying to protect her. She's trying to protect him because she actually knows things. <laughs> um, and like, she's like telling him, I can't tell you much, but like, I know a lot of secrets, and you're in a lot of danger, Ellen. Um, it's so fun, the, like, uh, the mismatch in understanding that these two have in that scene, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> um, They're cute together. 
They're so cute. They are cute together. It's like... I like Elon despite myself because he's such a poor little rich boy, right? Yeah. And he gets and he gets to be the king at the end of this purely based on the fact that he's read some like ancient books yeah. that he read some ancient theory. books. <laughs> yeah, but like also the books that he he's read are specifically like the books that are banned in the Final Empire, mm-hmm. but not banned enough that like uh, an important nobleman's son can't get his hands on them, right? right? So like. These are not books that are actually like, hey, here's how you build a pipe bomb. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not um, they're not truly revolutionary material that he's reading, or he wouldn't be able to read them. They're basically things that just say, like, hmm, is it possible that the final empire might not always exist? We should improve society somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, like, Eland is, like, the only guy who has ever thought that, including, like, all his buddies who are also into these books. They're all they're all still, like, oh, my God, change anything? We never thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Why would we um, want that to happen? <laughs> yes. So, like, um, Eland is... You know, all these things that are annoying, but, uh, he's very fun to read. Yeah, he's, he, <laughs> woe is me, rich boy, is, like, the perfect way to describe him. <laughs> this is the only, um, pairing that Sanderson writes that I've read where it feels like Endgame from the start. And the hey, other mm. relationships, like, the relationships in Stormlight feel like, okay, this could dis- just dissolve. Uh-huh. This could fall apart. This could get rearranged. These two people could end up with these two people instead. This is the only one where I read it and I'm like, okay, this is set. This yeah. is obviously set. This is what's going to happen. I just feel it. I like these two. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's clearly not like. Yeah. Yeah. Th- them, yeah. And them having such good chemistry, like, helps that. Um,. The the thing is that like any other romance that I've read Sanderson write, um, just does not have the like doesn't have that like special sauce that Vin and Ellen have in my b- opinion. You <laughs> just made a face when I said special sauce. I just think that like the way that they bounce off each other is so much fun. Um, I love the bit at the very end where um, she throws himself. Or she throws herself into his arms and is like, you read entirely too much. Kiss me now. <laughs> so fucking cute. It is cute. Um, and it's it's really like, you know, something that goes throughout the whole book is this theme of Vin, like, warming up to the world of nobility, right? Um, like, it, she starts out kind of repulsed by the whole thing, but over time, like, she comes to find it beautiful. She comes to... Uh, like, understand these people. Mm. And um, it's great how that all gets ripped out from under her at the end of the story when, like, she's fighting Shan and Shan is trying to kill her. She's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, these people I've been rubbing shoulders with, like, they're my mortal enemies. Right. Um, well, and, and more I- than that, like, right before it, there's the scene where there's, like, this one girl who we see, like, once or twice who's, like, <clears throat> just kind of the, like, court gossip. She's, like... Vin is like, oh, she's just ditzy and, like, not really, like, worth my notice. And then it turns out, like, oh, being the court gossip is, like, you know, really good, actually, uh, because this girl is, like, playing the part of ditzy and and gossipy, but is actually, like, 
an information broker. That's like such a good little reveal right before the Shan reveal. Um, that's sort of like, it's not just Shan who's a snake. It's all of these people. It's like every single one of them is like this, you know? Yes. And it it plays really well into this whole, like, it, as well as the theme of, like, warning up to the, to the nobility, there's also been this thing of, like, Vin starts out with this fear that everyone is going to abandon her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's She gradually starts to shed it as she starts to, like, trust Kelsier and the members of his crew. Um, and then, uh, you know, in this... We mentioned, like, she has this last moment with Eland at a ball, and he basically turns, like, she literally asks him not to leave her, and he's like, I have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to go be part of my house now that, like, a house war is happening. Um, and it's really sweet how they have that moment, and she's like, oh, man, like, everyone is gonna leave me. And and then he comes back for her, and he, like, he does, does the right that. thing, and, like, helps her. It's good. It's so good. Um, it's also, it's... It's really interesting because, like, Vin spends the, especially the first couple chapters of this book, so not trusting anybody, um, and, like, like she, she can't trust anybody, and she has finally fallen in with people that she can trust with the thieving crew, um, and she, like, doesn't know how to process that, like, I am able to trust these people. These people are worthy of my trust. And then she starts going to these balls... And she instantly wants to make, like, excuses. Uh, oh, well, the nobles couldn't possibly know how bad the Ska have it, because if they knew, like, they would they would be horrified. Um, she instantly wants to trust the nobles because she's, like, so taken in with, like, the beauty and the richness and the elegance and the wealth. Like, she's drawn into that. Uh, and it, like, sort of overrides her instincts. And so the way that then reverses where... No, really, you can't trust those people. Your friends, your you know, your thief buddies. Those are the people you actually trust. It's like such a good like, um, like he plays it so well, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. Um, trying to think of other stuff I want to hit with the book. Um, I also was in terms of like uh, Vin's, you know, fear of abandonment. I was also, like, uh, compelled by the reveal towards the end that her brother, like, never actually betrayed her trust. I forgot um, about that. I totally, like, in my memory, I was like, oh, yeah, Reen, like, betrays her, blah, blah, blah. It was so, it was so much fun when it's like, oh, no, he didn't actually betray her. That's, like, a good little, like, that's a good thing in the book, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um... And, like, uh, yeah, it, like, Vin's, Vin's family, Vin's family origins strike me as something that's going to get explored more. Um, uh, Doing the thinking emoji at the microphone right now, not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, I found myself intrigued by that. Um, Um. The, the, like, it, it's surprising how dark the, the stuff that we get with the family in this book is of, like, um, Vin's mom, like, killing her baby sister and, like, sitting Vin on her knee and, like, 
talking to Vin. I forget exactly what she tells Vin. Um, but, like, it's dark, you know? Um, there's, like... Yeah. There's, like, stuff at the... This book does not... Does not get, I think, all that dark. But there's, like, stuff at the edges of it. Like, there's that. And there's, like, Ellen being, like... Oh, yeah. When I was 13, my dad forced me to have sex with a woman and then killed her. Um, that's, like... There's, like, stuff in this book that's, like much darker than I think Sanderson usually gets, you know? Um, but that stuff is, like, not really in the spotlight of this book in a way that maybe makes it more palatable. I mean, the weird thing about it is the book leads with some of the, like, most brutal stuff that's portrayed on page. Oh, absolutely, Like, I don't yeah. know if... I don't know if you remember that prologue... Yeah. ...where it's just, like, this very, um... <laughs> Very direct depiction of what Brandon's idea of, uh, you know, plantation slavery looks like. Um, And then, you know, uh, it it feels to me like that very early depiction of brutality is meant to kind of inform the rest of the book. Um, But as you say, it's kind of, I mean, I can only imagine if you read Elantris first, opening up this book would be pretty striking in that regard. Yeah. I think that, like... And it's... It's weird because, like... They don't... They don't ever get back to... Like, this is, like, the one appearance of Plantation Ska in the book. This is, like, the one appearance of, like, Plantation Life in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like... We get, like, passing mentions of, like... Oh, you know, um, Scott and the city are like really beaten down, um, and they're made to like labor long hours, et cetera, et cetera. But like the prologue is like this one thing that is just very different in tone and content that is never revisited again in this book, basically, other than um, uh, Menace being in the caves. But that's like you know, that's a character from those scenes, but that's not you know the content of those scenes. Um, yeah. it's also as far as like um you know just violence that's on the page there are also all of those like mass executions i found those difficult to take seriously unfortunately i do i do too Um, i think they're a little too um pat maybe is the word um it's there it's just like you know um Obviously, this has happened in history, like uh, retaliatory mass executions of just like random people who were rounded up. Like, I'm not trying to claim that has never occurred, um, but it's just it's like if you were trying to make up something evil for like a slave state to do, yeah. that might be the very first thing you think of. Yeah, it is, it is like it is like save the cat, kick the dog logic a little bit, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, what else, what else, what else? Um, do we want to actually talk about Allomancy a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, so like, and I don't remember, listeners might remember better what I, we talked about in the last episodes. Um, but so Allomancy works by people are able to drink these little vials of people with the power are able to drink these little vials of metal. Some, most people who have the power can only use one. And so like, 
uh, they can drink like some brass and they're able to, uh, I forget what brass does. I don't know why I pulled that out. They can drink some steel and now they can pull pieces of metal. Um, uh, some people, Mistborn, are able to use all of the powers of Allomancy. Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, there's steel, iron, pewter, tin. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but they get like access to this huge range of powers. Um, and basically like, so like with steel and iron, if you burn steel, you push metal. If you burn iron, you pull metal. Um, and so things are like paired up in this way. Um, and it leads to lots of cool fucking like, the other thing is that like Mistborn usually go out at night and they do all their stuff at night when there's like mists and stuff. And so it leads to Kelsier being like Hope Punk Batman and Vin being like, you know, murder Robin, Batman. <laughs> it's like if Batman um, skipped Robin and had a little Nightwing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, um, it's true. And yeah, like it, it leads to... Um, it leads to like weirdly compelling action scenes. I'm not usually a person who cares about like fights in novels in the way that I care about them in like movies and, and comics and stuff. But like, because the, the powers are so defined, but they can be used in like such different ways each time, it leads to like, I, I think all the fights in this book are fucking cool. I think like the bit, um, when like, Toward the end, where Vin is like trying to escape from like two inquisitors, I think, and she throws this bag of coins because the inquisitors are looking at all the metal, and so she throws the bag of coins and it essentially like blinds them for a second because there's just like shit clouding up their vision. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> it is. I, similarly to what you were saying, where it's like I'm not someone who would normally be too excited about action scenes in a novel. Um, but I, I do agree that like Allomancy is clearly designed to afford cool acrobatic fight scenes, which is also specifically Vin literally thinks this to herself, that that's what Kelsier's specialty is. Mm. And in his like final battle with the Lord ruler, that's like just on full showcase. Um, he's, he's, pushing and pulling medals all over the place and doing flips and it fucking rules. <laughs> the part with the bust is the is the coolest to me. What's the bust? Remind me. Well, where Kelsier has like a metal bust in the room and he's just pulling it in different directions and like flipping over it as it passes. Oh, and he right. He's just being a, a bunch of guys. Um I that also reminded me of there's a bit early early in the book they try to raid the Lord Ruler's palace. This is where they get the logbook that we mentioned briefly. Um, and, like, they get they get ambushed, and Kelsier tells Vin to run and, like, throws a bag of coins at her. And she's, she thinks she's supposed to, like, catch it and use it for something, but he uses it and it, like, gets her in the chest, and then he pushes it and to, like, make her run away, basically. <laughs> like, he throws her down this hallway to get her away from everybody. Um... I love Kelsier. I just love Kelsier. I was I was yeah. genuinely shocked when he died in this book the first time. I was not shocked this time. I did remember that. <laughs> I wouldn't have had um, this touchstone at the time, but now in my head, 
He looks like Heath Ledger. Hmm. All right. I can see that. I can see that. Just sort of... I'll also say, I was not... Well, okay. I was a little surprised that Kelsier actually died. Mm. Um, But I think I wasn't that shocked because I was just immediately certain that he's coming back. And not in the way that his Contra buddy, like, pretends to be him in order to create the myth of a resurrected Kelsier. I, I just... I feel virtually certain that Kelsier just appears as a guy in future books. And you could say that I'm cheating here because I know that he's in Fortnite, and I don't think he'd be in Fortnite <laughs> if he was only in one book. I think but the story I, behind that makes this complicated. Because the story behind that is that a guy who worked at Fortnite reached out to Brandon it was like, hey, do you want to do a thing? <laughs> so it might just be that, that Brandon likes Kelsier. <laughs> I mean, okay, that's completely fair. I would actually believe that Brandon would be like, here's my favorite character who I wrote in one book. Um, that's not implausible. But I also think that from the way the book is written, like, Kelsier is so central to this book. Kelsier's relationship with Vin is so central to this book. And, like, revelations about what's possible with, uh, with Alamancy have also been, are, are, are clearly going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. So it's, I could actually be wrong. Um, I, it, it would be cool and interesting if I was wrong and Kelsier truly stayed dead. Um, but it feels to me, I mean, it feels comic booky, you know? Uh, if Batman yeah, died, I wouldn't believe it either. So what you're saying is, behold, he is coming again. <laughs> a, a, a second time. <laughs> again, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, a third um, time? Hmm. <laughs> um, I wonder what could God, work. that would be amazing if that just became Kelsier's thing. He just dies and comes back all the time. <laughs> It makes you wonder what kind of sort of influences on Brandon's life that could inspire such a such a makes you wonder <laughs> such a thing. Yeah, Kelsier is absolutely like making himself into a martyr. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's it's very clear. It's ironic because he's the survivor. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because like Kelsier through this book is at once, like, very conflicted. He's very torn up about, did his wife betray him? Does he have killed his wife disease? Um, uh, but he's also, in some ways, like, the character who is most sure of himself. He he feels very, like, certain and very comfortable in, like, we're going to take down the final empire, and we're going to kill a lot of people to do it, and I don't feel any type of way about killing all those people. Um, and so... The, the moment of him leaving this book is um, him telling Vin, like, you have a lot of things to learn about friendship, um, and I hope you do someday. Uh, and it's interesting because it feels like that is a good last thing for him to say to Vin in this moment, but it feels like there is a lot of unresolved tension in this character that, like... I think I the first time I read this book, I also felt like Kelsier is going to come back. I wasn't sure how it was going to happen, but I felt like, yeah, Kelsier is going to come back because I feel like there's all this stuff with his character that is unresolved, that is unfinished. Um, and, you know, I don't think that 
uh, I don't think that Brandon would just like leave all that hanging in a way. I think he likes his books a little too neat and tidy. Um, you know what I'll say? I'd also be perfectly willing to believe that Kelsier appears as a major figure in flashback. Um, I mean, there's, he had, I'll say straight up, whole history, like, uh, novellas about his history. So <clears throat> yeah, that, that makes sense. Cause like he has this whole past with this thieving crew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it would definitely be fun to see how they all got together and how they learned to like coordinate all of their various misting abilities. Um, that, that seems like a fun little, uh, you know, heist story you could do. Yeah. Um, There's, um, the 11th medal, which I have not read is a like prequel novella about Kelsier. I think, um, finding the 11th medal. And where was that published? Um, released in the core rule book of the Mistborn adventure game later in Arcanum Unbounded. Is, is the Mistborn adventure game that thing we've got sitting over there? Or no, is that... that's the, that's Mistborn House, House War, War board game. Okay. Wait, when you say Mistborn Adventure Game, it's an RPG. my understanding... Okay, because Adventure Game means something else. Yes, Adventure <laughs> Game does mean something else, but we mean... Um... I've run it. I've run it on the previous version of this very podcast, uh, and it's interesting. All right, yeah. I'd be down. I, I believe that. I'd be down. We should... Can we do, like, Blades in the Dark just set on Skadriel? Is that, like, a thing? More or less. Okay. Although you'd have to, you'd have to tweak the playbook. You'd have to fudge a little, a little bit. You'd yeah. be like, okay, well, if you're the mystic, you can, you can have one of these eight powers. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at that point, I would just split the, um, I would just axe the mystic playbook, and then if you wanted to be a misting, you could have, you could take one move from the mystic playbook to represent your. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. Um. I'll say I also think this book would make a pretty good adventure game. Um, oh, imagine sure. like all, all the all the ball scenes, like Vin's looking around trying to figure out like what she can interact with, and you can like die if you talk to Shan wrong. <laughs> that would be really good. <laughs> that would be really fucking good. Oh. She just like takes Vin to the women's room and stabs her. <laughs> well, and I know like they're they're. Um... There are parts of the Sanderson fandom that have always wanted a Mistborn game, and I understand that desire for sure. I'm not like, but for me, I guess I wouldn't. I the thing I imagine in my head is like a Dishonored style game, uh, and no one is going to make a Dishonored style game anymore because it doesn't make enough money. So I kind of don't want a the Mistborn thing, game like that. Anymore. The version that was pitched by a friend of mine was a. Um open world action rpg Mm. where like seeing the metal vision is like your detective vision and you can pull on specific things in the environment to do your like travel across the open world i don't think that would be good but you could do it you could do it i would rather have the i would rather have what mark's presenting of like you know the sierra (laughs) adventure game where you can talk to shan wrong and get fucking got but what if it was a Turn-based RPG. Mmm. Um, what if it was like Dissidia? <laughs> oh, the bit—the bit where, um, like, Vin goes to talk to Shan at a party, and Shan is like, "Listen, kid, 
I was being nice to you before. You don't have any use for me now, and so I'm not even gonna pretend. Uh, that fit, that bit's fucking funny as hell. <laughs> now that I know that, like, you know, whatever. Uh -huh. It was something about Ellen, I think. Yeah, I, I forget. She's like, I just read this, and I've already forgotten, but it's like, she was trying to use Vin to get it, uh, Shan, and now that she... Hit Ellen. To, yeah, to get She's it. She is Shan. She is Shan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I forget exactly how it plays, but it, it's a good scene, you know. I'm excited to read the next book. The next one is my favorite of the three. The third, I think Hero of Ages, the third book, is my favorite of the three, but, um... That's fine. Oh! You're allowed. Yeah, that reminds me, the, the book being called Hero of Ages, have we talked at all about, like, this big, uh, reveal with who the Lord Ruler is? Right, so, <clears throat> to get a little more in-depth like I'm summarizing for listeners. So there's all these epigraphs to each chapter that are taken from this log book that Vin finds in the palace and Sazed translates. And the going assumption is that this is the Lord Ruler's log book from his journey to save the world a thousand years ago. And it's this, there's this guy who's like, I'm, I've been chosen, I've been destined to save the world from the deepness. We don't know what the deepness is by the end of this book. Um, uh, but he's like, he's going to go save the world, and he's talking about a world that is very different from the world of the final empire, you know? Um, and so Sazed translates the logbook, and they're all reading it, trying to see if there's like some secret weakness to defeat the Lord Ruler. They don't find that. Um... But the thing, so one of the characters that it's get, gets mentioned in this logbook is Reshik, who is the, um, who is a Pac-Man for, like, this Hero of Ages guy who's going to save the world. Um, and Reshik is from Terrace, so he is a ferrochemist. He can, you know, store up power and um, use it later, like we've talked about. And um, <clears throat> he... He hates this guy that he's helping out because that guy is from this, like, nation that is oppressing Terrace. Um, and so Rashik doesn't want that guy to be the hero of ages. And so, and then the, the logbook ends very abruptly. The reason that the logbook ends very abruptly that Vin realizes at the end, or Vin and Sazage kind of put together at the end, um, is that uh, the Lord Ruler is not the guy who wrote the logbook. The Lord Ruler is Rashik. He was the Pac-Man and he must have killed the guy who was supposed to be the hero and taken, like, this mysterious power to defeat the Deepness unto himself. Um, and that's what, like, you know, he defeats the Deepness and becomes Lord Ruler. It's crazy. This... He's a pharochemist and an alamancer? That's crazy. That's um, crazy. I don't like this twist. You don't like... Why is that? I have, I have thoughts about it. I want to hear what you think. Because the kind of premise of this book, right, is like, hey, the hero saved the world a thousand years ago, and now that hero is the Dark Lord and the world sucks. That's like the, the back of the, not like the entire back of the book mm -hmm. blurb, but like, that's, that's kind of the, the thing, mm -hmm. right? And so to reveal that actually the person who saved the world and who is now the Lord Ruler was always someone whom we had reason to be unsympathetic towards. 
I I don't I dislike that. I want it to actually be that like the fresh-faced chosen hero, the man wielding the golden sword is not he didn't literally have a golden sword, but you know right. what I mean, that vibe. I want that person to be the one who has become the lord ruler. I and I would absolutely agree with this. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, it's okay. I I I just want to like state that as something that I found kind of disappointing, but like I wouldn't be surprised if something happens later that turns it around for me, although the lord ruler himself is like that that motherfucker got chumped. Yeah. He is gone. <laughs> um um. Yeah, he's not coming back. <laughs> um, Does we even have that guy's name? Uh, the guy who was Reshik? supposed to be the hero? Mm-hmm. I don't... We might have gotten it, but it did not stick with me if we did. I don't think so. I think the only thing I know him as is the Hero of Ages, which I guess is just a title that was usurped. Yeah. The the thing that I... The thing that doesn't work for me about the twist here is that I think... So Vin is reflecting on the thing that helps Vin put this all together is um, the Lord Ruler says something about like um, like it says something about like the Inquisitors are like superior and dominant um, and they're like you know and she realizes that this way of speaking of like dominant superior people is the same way that Rashik speaks in the logbook, because Rashik believes that the terrorist people should be superior. Um, and I think what Sanderson is going for is Rashik being a, like, dark mirror version of um, Kelsier, because mm. Kelsier believes all, noble, all noblemen are this certain way, and Ska are just better because they're not like that. Um, and so I think, I think Kelsier and Rashik are supposed to be like, you know, two sides of the same coin. And I don't, one, I don't think it comes across very well. And two, I don't like, I think it's a really dumb point to be making about Kelsier. I read, (laughs) I read something and I don't know, I don't have a source on this quote. So like, maybe it's bullshit or maybe it's from a long time ago. I read a quote yesterday of like, Sanderson saying, most people don't realize that, like, Kelsier is a psychopath. He enjoys all the killing. And I think, I think, like, that understanding of who Kelsier is, of this, like, guy who enjoys all the killing, guy who thinks the Ska need to be superior, I think that's, like, a really dumb understanding of Kelsier that is, like, in some ways, like, doesn't get what makes Kelsier a good character in the good parts of this book. And so the Reshik reveal, trying to do what it does, I think highlights the dumbest way to understand Kelsier. (laughs) Yeah. Like, one thing that this book has going on, I would say, is an idea that Kelsier's, like, universal hatred of the ruling class of his society is, like, essentially a form of, like, racism? Yes. Like, Like, at the very least, a prejudice. Yeah. Um, And I think that's kind of strange. I think so, Um, Like, I, it's not that I think it is incorrect, like, or, or that I'm not mad at Vin for having sympathy for the nobles. Um, I don't think the fact that she's like, hey, Kelsier, not all of these people are irredeemably evil. We might want to let some of them survive. Like, I don't think that's a wrong 
I'm not out here being like, no, Vin, you're wrong. You need to murder all of them. Um, but I don't think it makes Kelsier a bad person that he wants to murder every noble. I think it's like, frankly, I think it's kind of an admirable but impractical goal. That's kind of how I feel about it, too. And I don't think that like Brandon and I are on the same page about that. You know, it's more yeah. useful to be like, okay, kill the nobles except X, Y, Z, than it is useful to be like, okay, I guess we'll kill this noble, but none of the others. <laughs> like that's just a more useful stage to be in. Uh-huh. Like if you have to argue to kill a noble, that's way less useful for your revolution than arguing. Okay, no, these guys are cool. Yeah, like you're not gonna get as yeah. far. <laughs> yeah, and like. Also, just, like, I think there is maybe a sense sometimes that Kelsier's perspective towards the nobles is, like, flipped, like, is, is like, the reverse of the way that the nobility look at Ska. Mm. Um, and I don't like that either. There's also just, like, a... There's a thing that Brandon brings in about, like, three-quarters of the way through the book that's, like, Kelsier, you're, like, half nobleman and half Ska. You're, like, walking between the two worlds that, like... I, I it doesn't work for me really it's not like a um it's just not like I guess it's true I guess that's like true but it doesn't really like it doesn't really like reflect the guy that I've gotten to know over the course of this book that much more closely reflects Vin's internal struggle of like yeah be, literally being able to be two different people and having to decide like is that what I want. Uh-huh. Do I want to be yeah. two different people? Do I want to be one person in two places? Yeah. That's... The thing is, Kel... Kelsier does not strike me as someone who has a conflict between, like, his life as, like, a leader of a thieving crew mm-hmm. and, like, his kind of... Like, he does have a real lordliness to him. Like, yeah. he runs around giving people orders. He cultivates uh, a following of people who, like, look up to him. I, I do think Kelsier makes himself into some kind of lord, but he doesn't make himself part of the nobility to right. do that. What he's doing is making himself, like, a, a leader through his own personal charisma. Right. Um, which, which I think is interesting to talk about. But just talking about it as, like, you've become a nobleman, Kelsier, is odd. Yeah, I would agree with that. He enjoys the killing. (laughs) (laughs) He enjoys the being a nobleman. Look, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day of your life, right? (laughs) Kelsier loves killing dudes. (laughs) Kelsier has absolutely worked many days in his life. (laughs) Not not what he's doing now, but... (laughs) So... Um, I have sort of a wrap-up question. Go on. From the crew, Mm -hmm. assemble a, uh, blunt rotation. (laughs) What do you mean? I I don't want Breeze on my blunt rotation. Absolutely not. No, no, no. He's so annoying already, I can only imagine he gets, like, ten times more annoying when he's high. Unless he's been pre-gaming with Ham before I even show up. (laughs) Okay, but the problem is he's gonna um, he's gonna soothe you to make you like he he's gonna get couch locked right, and then he's gonna make other people go get him all the snacks. That's the we thing. literally saw him do that <laughs> when he wasn't high. I would I would have like a pipe of tobacco with Breeze. I would have some wine mm. with Breeze. 
I would not smoke sure. weed with Breeze. Absolutely not. Ham. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> ham would be yeah, so annoying ham... high, and I would love it. <laughs> ham is one of those people who's like, have you ever thought about, like, reality, man? <laughs> He's like that sober. I, I love yes. Light is just color. Again, like... <sighs> um, yeah, dogs. no, that'd be fun. Docs, I would, I would love to get Docs to like loosen up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think Docs is like, if I'm like, hey Docs, come over, we're all getting high tonight. Docs is like the guy who thinks to buy Doritos before he comes over. <laughs> He's like, let, you, me, yeah. let me, get snacks to, now. To get him there, you have to put him on speakerphone and have the whole crew say, ah, come on, come on. <laughs> And then he'll put his book away, he'll stop working, and he'll come hang out. Marsh? Um, <laughs> I mean, he, I gotta be honest, I think the man kind of brings the mood down now. Yeah, I think I think so. I think... Which is which is unfair, but... I think you're like, hey, Marsh, do you want to smoke? And Marsh is like, actually, now that I'm an Inquisitor, I can't get high because of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> No poisons can affect my body yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> Sazed? Uh Oh yeah. Totally, totally. <laughs> because like cuz Sazed also has like remembers to bring snacks energy. Mm-hmm. And Sazed also like the like little bit of sarcasm you would get from him, it like that just totally overcome like overtakes his entire personality where now he's like like sassing you and like back talking you and you're like where is this Sazed normally? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, though. I, I think you're right that, like, Sazed, who's had a little bit of his uh, inhibitions relaxed, is probably less of a, like, um, uptight, perfect servant. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think that might mean that he doesn't want to join the blunt rotation. Yeah, you know? he, might, he might be like, no, I'm... Uh, uh... <clears throat> Apologies, I must spend today collating the forks. Yes. He might grow the weed, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's serving a blood to Vin on a silver platter. <laughs> I love, I love the two little mentions. And I'm, I'm really surprised that Sanderson one put this in the book and two like got away with it. Um, of like, because she's 17, uh, and there's the bit where like they, they get a win, and Kelsier comes back to the lair and like hands Vin some wine, and Vin is like, "I'm only 17. Should I be drinking? Well, Dad gave me some wine. I guess I can drink." And then like. <laughs> Later, uh, she comes back from the pewter drag because they ran, like, hundreds of miles. Um, and she, like, comes downstairs. She's like, ale! <laughs> I was so surprised at how much drinking this 17-year-old gets up to in this book. Which is only, like, two quick scenes. I was just like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that, like, it's one of the things that's meant to make it feel a bit historical, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, sure, like, in you know, uh, 19th century England, this probably would have seemed more normal than it does in 21st century America. Um, but I, I do think it's a little funny. <laughs> like, it, the way that it gets emphasized makes it feel like it's supposed to shock you a little. Yeah, I think so too. There's like, um, something I remember Sanderson saying is like, someone asked him like, you know, in books two and three, hey, are Vin and Ellen fucking? Um, and he says, like, well, yes, but there's a certain part of my audience that would not want that to be depicted, and so that's not depicted, you know? Um, 
And I would have guessed that, like, Vin getting up to some underage drinking would have also fallen under that category, you know? Also, I think... Yeah. In certain periods of history, most beer was a little weaker than what we consider beer. That's probably true, too, yeah, yeah. But, um... I was gonna say something. I do. I can imagine Ellen and his Discord server getting high. Obviously, but yeah. I don't think we want oh, to they are them. his Discord server. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I don't want to hang out with those guys. That Discord server that leaked state secrets. <laughs> what was it called? Like, yeah, um, like Thug Central or I, something. Yeah. Vin, uh, Ellen just like casually revealing to Finn, like, oh, my family minds the ATM, is just, like, the most, like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, did you notice the pun? No. The ATM is where all of the money comes from. I hate you. <laughs> oh, man. Was that... Wait a minute. Was that on fucking purpose? I don't know. I just thought of it today. I always... There's, like... Mistborn has more, like, on-the-nose names than some other Brandon Sanderson stuff does, because, like... Ellen Venture, because, like, they're the, like, wealthiest of them all. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's, like... Ham, because he's got a huge ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, in, in Mistborn Era 2, the two main characters are Wax and Wayne. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, I, I think the name that gives Wax-a-lium. me the most pause is... Um, Kelsier's wife being named Mare. Yes. <laughs> um, which is a bit unfair of me because that is actually like a real world nickname for Mary. But it's it's just a noun. Yeah. It she makes is it just seem a horse like girl. she's a horse. See, I thought of a lake. What's oh, that? like maritime? Like, like, like the... Maybe it's not pronounced Mare. But if you look at like a map of the moon, all the... the... Oh, yeah. It might be Latin. Um, it is Latin, and but I think that's what I thought of first. I, but then I was like, "Oh, the horse thing." Yeah. It it would be cool if it was pronounced like Mare or something like that. Mm. That that would make me a little more on board with the name. Although, mm. didn't he say that it's supposed to be Kelsier? Well, it, yeah. It would also it, a lot of the names are like French inspired. Yeah, there's, I, there's um, there's like Demu, who is like a character in like two, three scenes in this book, um, uh, and like Demu is like a very like supposed to be a French name, and so I think like a lot of the other Scott names are supposed to be French, okay. but like, but I think I think Sanderson has said yeah, it's called Kelsier because everybody read the book and called him Kelsier, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. supposed to be Kelsier, but no one read it that way, and so everybody, you know, I'm not going to fight this battle. Do you want to bring up uh, the heat thing? The heat thing? The warmth? What about it? I don't remember this. Brandon did not want originally for Farrakhemi to have heat as one of the options, as oh. one of the things to store, because that's insane. Like, that's just, like, too much. If you think about what storing heat means. Oh, yeah, because you would just be storing up energy. Yeah. Like the concept of energy. But it was like a drafting error, and it ended up in the book, and he's decided to run with it. <laughs> Interesting. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. That. I That's totally forgot funny. about that. Um, Wait, can we finish the blunt rotation discussion? Oh, yes, yes. We left clubs out. Clubs? Oh, he. you know he's got I- the best... Yeah, I think he's. The problem is, I think clubs is easy to ignore. That's his whole job, right? Is making them ignorable. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I don't remember. I feel like Clubs gets more personality in the next two books. I was surprised at how little he's even in this book. Like, Spook's in this book way more than Clubs yeah. is. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about Spook. I don't know about he's Spook. A little, I don't know about Spook. He's a little young. <laughs> he's, he's also going to become completely unable to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if... If he's having a bad time, it will be hard to, like, help him. Yeah, but what if he takes a big hit and then he's like, indubitably. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly he's just normal. (laughs) Or too, like, more than normal. Um, Fancy. I do love the bit where um, everybody has, like, two drinks and suddenly they can understand Spook. (laughs) That's a really funny bit of, like, Kelsier just starts talking in, like, uh, Spook's dialect. So, Kelsier. Kelsier. I don't want to smoke no, with Kelsier. No, Kelsier. Kelsier, you get high with Kelsier, and Kelsier starts talking about work suddenly. Kelsier's like, I yeah. have a new idea. We've got to, like, change the plan. I'd and be I'm more like, worried about him taking all the weed. Yeah, that too. <laughs> You'd be like, dude, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Then I, don't yeah. Think, then I don't think would want to smoke. No, I don't think alone. she'd... Yeah. I don't think she'd want to have her... Her senses I, I feel like Vin would only smoke if she could also, like, burn a lot of tin at the same time. Right. I don't think she would want to, like, lose her, like, awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, she'd, you know, she'd lose mental sharpness, and I think that would bother her. Do you yeah. think that burning um, tin makes you more high? I mean, when I'm high, well, the thing that... The thing I like about being high is that I feel, like, very, like sensitive and aware of all things so maybe i don't know see mm. for me it's more it de- of a, a like um i'm slowing down and focusing on one thing and just getting into a rhythm if, so it sounds to me like what we're saying here is that uh vin would be more interested in like a head high she'd want like yeah. a sativa uh but but a body high she'd feel like stressed out sure by. sure sure um vin would do coke though <laughs> you'd like <laughs> you'd be like hey Vin do you want to get high with us and Vin's like I've been on speed for three days <laughs> are you saying do you think do you think Vin would get along with Kuno <laughs> <laughs> yes like you wouldn't think that they would get along but then like you'd cut back later and they'd be like they'd like part ways with a fist bump or something oh my god yeah no they have they have the street kids respect <laughs> Um, if only Kuno was in the crew. If only <laughs> he would not do anything useful. Uh, is there anyone we're forgetting? I don't think so. Un- unless you, I don't know. Would you smoke with Chandelaria? <laughs> would you smoke with Orsur? <laughs> um. I would, but that's based on future knowledge, so I shouldn't... We we barely know Ursur in this book, so I'm not gonna... <sighs> Sorry, who, I actually don't remember Ursur who that is. Ursur is the Chandra who is impersonating Renu and then Kelsier. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that that is... I think I may have said this before, but that's one of the things that has me like, ooh, I want to read more, because there's obviously going to be so much stuff going on with... I mean, with the Chandra, also just with the mists in general. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, I want to know. There's... <clears throat> it's really fun. The Chandra show up all throughout the Cosmere because Brandon realizes, 
I had an idea, and it's fucking cool, and I'm going to start putting this in, like, every book. <laughs> Monsters that, like, uh, you know, consume humans so that they can imitate humans are, like, those are always fun. Yes. Um, Absolutely. There's, like, I feel like I've seen a lot of variations on that, um, but that doesn't make me, like, bored of it. Mm-hmm. I think that is going to do it for this episode. Unless there's any last minute things y'all want to bring up. No, I think I'm good. Yeah, I feel good. Okay, well, Mark, where can people find you online? Got any plugs? Yeah, so you can find my Twitter account at SharAsnablunt. Uh, you can also find me on Tumblr at the same handle, um, and on co-host at Venn Diagram, but I don't really use that. Um, and, uh, I have a, like, completed podcast on, uh, Moby Dick called Higgledy Piggledy Whale Statements, which you can find at, on the Abnormal Mapping Network. Um, I have a... Another podcast that is in the works that I keep talking about when I'm on podcasts and then it hasn't yet come out, but um, it is going to be a science fiction studies podcast. Um, so actually, if you enjoyed Ars Arcanum and you want to hear me continuing to talk about uh, SFF books, um, keep your eyes posted on the uh, Higgledy Piggledy Whale Statements feed. We've gotten really uh, SFF moded around here lately. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at a tumnal underscore coffee. You could find me on co-host at a tumnal. You can go to patreon.com slash export audio. We've got links there to the free feeds of the podcasts, such as this one, where we talk about SFF books, uh, such as not Anomalous Readings, where Nora and uh, Jackson talk about SFF books. <laughs> um, uh Gotham City Limits, Ornate Stairwells, etc., etc. And this podcast where we listen to lawnmowers? <laughs> uh, I think that's a leaf blower, actually. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, for a dollar a month, you could get this podcast and a bunch of others early. For $5 a month, you can get bonus episodes of this podcast. Uh, we recently did one about um, uh, Dragonlands, Dragons of Autumn Twilight, that is uh, exclusive to $5 patrons, and pretty soon we will have more episodes about the Chronicles of Prydain, um for those $5 patrons. And if you want to hear our first Prydain talk, um, you can uh, listen to that uh, in this feed or in the Patreon feed right now. So, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Find stuff I've done at NoraBlake.online. Find me on co-host at Ashworm. Ash with an E, Worm with a Y. And on other things like Journal Updated on the Abnormal Mapping Podcast Network where Molly and I play video games. We're doing Half-Life this month. And next month, we're going to do Castlevania Lords of Shadow. That's a bit game about choices. <laughs> no, but it is a game where Patrick Stewart says the word bitch. And that's just <laughs> fun for me. That is fun. That's going to do it for Mistborn, The Final Empire. We'll be back in june hopefully schedules permitting i really want it to be june we're it's almost we, june already i know that's why i said june hopefully schedules permitting we will be doing the well of ascension um and then i guess in july there's the next secret project book so we'll figure that out what what did you say we're doing all of the well of ascension 
Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna read the Well of Ascension. We're not gonna go chapter. You didn't by announce chapter. that change yet, so. Oh, I thought we had. Don't well, yeah. Know. June, we will be doing the Well of Ascension. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It'll be a good time. And also, once again, hopefully, we will be doing the Black Cauldron in June, the second Predain book. Schedules have been crazy lately, so. Schedules have been crazy. Also, I have to read Hyperion. You do well. have to read Hyperion. I have Hyperion on my phone, so I'm going to try to read Hyperion and muscle my way into that podcast. Okay, you will try. <laughs> um, but yeah, until next time. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon.